Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Happy New Year, everybody. Well, it seems like 2015 is the year the machines will become self-aware, usurp the human order, and refer to their kingdom as Skynet, just to be ironic. Don't believe me? Well, a team of German researchers has recently used artificial intelligence to create a self-aware version of Super Mario, who can respond to verbal commands and automatically play his own game. Apparently, self-aware Mario, or Sario as I like to call him, has learned that jumping on Goombas will kill them, and has thus decided to avoid Mushroomside unless his life is directly imperiled. More than that though, just this past week, robots convened their own press conference. I'm not sure what it was all about, I don't speak Japanese, but my goodness was it ever cute. Finally, some company has created these hyper-intelligent robots to simultaneously clean floors and give our house cats an even paced and enjoyable ride. Roombas, those are called Roombas. They've been around for a little while. But what matters is the machines are coming. Okay, maybe not. But they're starting to play video games at the very least. So that means we have about 38 years until their parents kick them out of their basement and tell them to go get a job. This month's story marks a first in untold podcast history. The author, Abigail Belmont, is a fictional character. She's not a real person, has no real body, and no legal rights whatsoever. But before you start doomsday prepping your home, let me reassure you, the machines have not become self-aware, Skynet is still a fantasy, and made-up characters haven't figured out how to translate themselves into flesh-and-blood entities on the Earth. Yet. No, this month's story was written by a fictional person inside a story written by an actual person in a book entitled Michael Belmont and the Heir of Van Helsing by Ethan Russell Irway. He's real. Uh, Ethan, that that guy's real. Ethan Russell Irway, that, that guy's real. Well, I've never met him in person, but, but he's got a Facebook account, a website, and an email address. That, that's good enough, right? That defines personhood, an email, and a website, and a Facebook account. Moving on, Ethan Russell Irway, author of The Bleeding Star Chronicles and The Adventures of Michael Belmont, has been a lifelong fan of the fantasy and science fiction genres. Look for his third full-length novel, Michael Belmont and the Curse of the Thunderbird, on Amazon.com. Ethan has a Bachelor of Sacred Literature degree from Summit Theological Seminary and is the minister at Agua Fria Christian Church in Humboldt, Arizona, where he lives with his wife and children. You can find his works over at www.ethanrussellerway.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out Blowing Off Steam, a young adult steampunk story. It's very cool stuff. Just head over to our show notes for all the links. So now, The Untold Podcast is proud to present My Kingdom for a Horse by Abigail Belmont, who's really Ethan Russell Irway. There was once a king who was very kind, but also very stupid. His subjects all loved him and admired his kindness, but they sometimes wished he was a little smarter when it came to making important decisions that affected the kingdom. 
Oftentimes, the members of his court would laugh behind his back at his odd behavior. One of his courtiers, Duke Ironside, was a shrewd man with a cruel sense of humor. He decided he'd had enough of the king's foolishness and set out to have some fun with him. Now, every night at dinner, the king enjoyed telling stories until all of his guests were at the end of their wits with boredom. Everyone got in the habit of enjoying their meal and then coming up with reasons for the king to excuse them before they became the last ones stuck at the table. But this time, the duke made sure everyone else left before he did. Your Highness, he said after the queen had departed for bed, isn't it true that each dinner guest must ask your majesty's permission to depart the table? Oh, quite right. But you already know that, laughed the king. But, your majesty, the duke went on, I don't understand. If one can only leave the table by your permission, then who can dismiss you? The king looked confused. Well, he said with a scratch of his head, we guess we don't know. We've never thought of that before. The duke asked to be excused and left the king at the table. He sat there until morning, trying to work out this problem unable to leave, as there was no one capable of excusing him. When it was time for breakfast, the queen came back and found her poor, dim-witted husband sitting exactly where she'd left him the night before. She tried to reason with him and explain the foolishness of his predicament, but he would not listen to her. He was convinced the duke was right. How would he ever be able to leave the table if there was no one to excuse him? Later that day, the duke returned. He chuckled maniacally to himself at the king's naivete and sat down beside him pretending to sympathize. Suddenly, the duke thought of a brilliant solution. Uh, your majesty, if you cannot leave the dinner table, then why not take the dinner table with you? The king looked confused. Whatever do you mean? The duke sent his young page down to the stables and then explained his plan to the king. When the page returned, he gave the duke a feed bag, who promptly strung it around the king's neck and helped him fasten it. The king was well pleased. When the queen found her husband in the garden eating his lunch from the feed bag, she was livid. She knew at once that this had to be the work of Duke Ironside. He has made you out to be an ass, first in deed and now in dress, she told him furiously. The king was convinced of the man's loyalty, however, and tried to calm his wife. She realized that he wasn't going to listen, and so devised a plan to take revenge on the duke and the other members of a court who had mocked her husband. Perhaps you are right, my dear, she told him sweetly, but why not allow the members of your court to enjoy this luxury as well? Hold a banquet tonight and provide feed bags for everyone. You can give Duke Ironside the place of honor and explain to everyone that they have him to thank for their new dining arrangements. The king's eyes lit up as he envisioned the glorious feast. His entire court would soon be enjoying dinner from their feed bags.
Now, don't let anyone tell you they are unworthy of this honor. Your people are humble and good, and we both know how much they deserve this. And so, later that night at the banquet, everyone in court was given their own feedback, and the king insisted they be warned from that point on. The duke was immediately held in contempt by his fellow courtiers, who blamed him for the ridiculous situation, and rightly so. Enraged, the duke fled the country to carry all the king's secrets to the ears of their greatest enemy, a warmongering emperor who was eagerly awaiting a chance to invade the king's land. However, the duke was unaware that the queen had sent spies to track his movements and apprehend him if he proved disloyal. They captured the traitor and returned him in chains, but not before he had betrayed the king's secrets. Now the queen had a real problem. The emperor's troops outnumbered her husband's three to one, and they would be arriving soon. She quickly came up with a plan to drive off the invaders. My dear husband, she told the king, you have always been so kind and just to your loyal subjects, yet there is one group whom you have failed to honor for all their hard work and loyalty. The king was greatly concerned. Your words wound us, my queen. Please tell me who these subjects are, that I might throw them a banquet here in court to honor them. O oh, good husband, and O oh, the delight of my eyes, she said to him, for he loved to be flattered. I find your goodness touching my heart once again. I speak of the horses, so hard-working and loyal. I find only justice in your desire to reward them. For a moment, he looked as though he may not buy it, but then his broad, dumb smile told her that all was well. The queen then promptly sent out two horses, upon which she had appointed two riders. The first rider was Duke Ironside. Now, the queen had begged the duke for forgiveness that her men had brought him back in chains, and had him dressed in fine new clothes, and gave him a large sack of gold for his trouble. He rode off whistling with many happy thoughts of how he might spend his newfound fortune and laughing for the belief that the queen was just as stupid as her husband. The second horse bore a man who had won the queen's favor as the most talented mummer in the kingdom. He had the wonderful talent of throwing his voice and tickling his horse to make it appear that the beast was speaking. The queen gave him words and sent him out to greet the emperor. Now, as the emperor approached the castle with his army, he first met the duke on the road. You there, he said. You disappeared from my court rather quickly, without a word after betraying your own king, and now I find you here, riding off from his castle, all dressed in fine clothes, with a bag full of gold. Explain yourself. Of course, the man had no good explanation, and so the emperor detained him. Next, the army came upon the mummer, riding carefree directly into the face of an invading army. "'What's this, then?' the emperor called to him. "'What kind of man are you who has no fear at the sight of an invading army?' But, to the emperor's astonishment, it was not the man, but the steed that answered. <laughs> 
This one has learned not to speak without permission, lest I kick his teeth in for him, the horse said. But why should my people fear you? They easily conquer the men of this land, and shall do the same to you if you challenge them. Do you mean to say that this land has been conquered by horses? The emperor gasped. But where are you off to then? I grow weary of my king's brutality, the horse told him. I've always been rather fond of men, except this idiot slave upon my back, who wouldn't know a good speck of hay from whorehound. At any rate, I'm off to our native land, where I need not see these poor beasts tortured and killed for sport. If you must continue with your army, and good luck to you, enjoy drawing breath while you can. With this, the horse trotted off down the road. Now, the emperor was very superstitious, and the idea of a war with speaking horse lords terrified him. He sent four scouts ahead to the castle, who soon came back to report that the people wandered around with feed bags while the horses feasted in court. The emperor promptly took his army and fled the land and executed Duke Ironside for deceiving him. As for the king and queen, they lived happily ever after, and nobody in the land ever played a trick on the king again. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. What would men do without the women in our lives? We'd probably be eating out of feed bags, and frankly, I don't see the problem. It seems much more efficient, kind of like one of those hands-free Whopper devices. Go ahead, Google it. It's real. But seriously, all us men would be in real trouble without the women in our lives. So as we go, please remember to subscribe to our show, join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find the show, submit a story, and please, please, please tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, if you cannot leave the dinner table, then why not bring the dinner table with you? Mm-hmm.